0: Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Thanks for tuning in to this week of the Feminine Genius This is part two of my conversation with Sister Helena Burns of the Daughters of St. Paul. In this episode, we continue to talk about both the feminine and masculine genius through the lens of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. And we also dive into a discussion on vocational discernment, the big, big topic. As a regional vocational directress, Sister Helena is an expert when it comes to this topic. And she sheds light on what our posture should be when it comes to approaching God and our vocation.
1: So here's the big thing that I wanted to talk about to maybe help some young ladies out there. The biggest problem... women for a long time has been managing career and family right yes so in a way that men don't have to because they don't get pregnant and again women are more suited for childcare; they just are but women have to have have more of these things to choose because men don't breastfeed even when the babies after the baby's born these little babies need their moms and dads with them you can't just farm a baby out Mm -hmm. for someone else to take care of. Some, some people are poor and they have to do that because they have to have these three jobs just to have a roof over your head. But we all know that's not ideal. Mm -hmm. And and most women do not want to have to go back to work right away after a baby's born. Again, we used to live in extended families. So you had aunties and grandma helping out. We don't live that. We live in the nuclear family now, mom, dad, kids, and there's not people, unpaid people, to help raise children who are family. But sometimes a woman's entire paycheck or a man's entire paycheck will go to child care. Mm-hmm. So you say, hmm, well, what's the advantage of that? Why don't I stay home and raise my own kids, take care of my own kids? Well, maybe you, you like working or you want to keep your, yourself in the job pool because the right. more you get out, the harder it is to get back. I understand all these, these problems today, and they're unique mm-hmm. to modern living. But what are our priorities? These kids need raising. They need constant attention. They need somebody looking in their eyes, talking to them, interacting with them. This is how babies learn. So I had a group of young ladies, amazing young ladies. They come from large families, homeschool families, and they want to be someday, you know, be moms and wives too and have big families. But they said, but we love our careers too. Like they're 22, 23, and they're studying and they're like, how are we going to do that? And I'm like, you know, I get that. Like, I'm somebody who's like that, too. Like, I love to contribute to society and use all of my gifts and work. and But I also would want to be a stay-at-home mom if I was a mom and all of that. And I said, you know what? These little things, I think when you see them born, they can't even sit up. They are so helpless. And they need us. They need mommy. They can only see nine inches in front of our eyes, which means they're supposed to be looking in a human face for weeks and weeks and months and months of their lives. So there's ways and there's ways to plan that out. So I met this brilliant young woman
0: mm-hmm.
1: who has discerned that her, her vocation is marriage. Now, she doesn't even have a boyfriend right now, but she's a music major. She was going to do composition, and she switched up her major to be music teaching mm-hmm. because she says, when I when the babies come, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, and I will teach piano in my house. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait, wait. You're planning this now? Mm -hmm. She goes, well, of course. I'm like, can I share your story? Because this is brilliant, right? You're not being unrealistic. You're being Mm -hmm. realistic. But you're still using your gifts. You're adapting them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And let's say, you know, the guys, I know the objection comes that, oh, well, the men get to do whatever they want. They go out of the house every day if they're the working spouse Mm -hmm. and parent. But think of it this way. You get to be with your kids. How many dads would love to spend more time with their kids, but they can't because they're out working? How many guys would like to take that promotion and pick up roots and fly off somewhere and go somewhere else? They can't. They have a family now. Mm -hmm. They can't uproot their wife, or maybe she doesn't want to, or the Mm -hmm. kids are in school. They like their school. Mm -hmm. So men don't complain, though. Men don't whine like we ladies do. And so we don't always know what sacrifices they're making. (laughs) (laughs) But men have also not been sold a bill of goods that you can have it all. Mm -hmm. Men know they can't have it all. Mm -hmm. And women haven't quite figured that out yet. Nobody can have it all. All what? Mm -hmm. Every last darn thing, every dream you've ever had fulfilled to the nth degree? Like, Mm -hmm. no. We have to have priorities. So love comes first. Love is our first priority. Our family is our first priority. I really believe that a lot of children are suffering as they get older. They did not have their emotional needs met as children. Mm-hmm. Just the basic emotional needs that every kid has. If they're with their mom, they're over are with their parents from their youngest ages. And we, we tend to think like we're, we're chucking the science that we had, that we knew this, we knew babies mm-hmm. needed constant attention and affection and touch holding the baby. And we're, we're acting like, well, they don't know anything yet. Like they're not fully conscious and self-aware. So it doesn't matter what happens to them until they get to be about five or six. Then I can have a conversation with them and then I'll, I'll be more present to them. It's like, no, 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 no. These are yeah. all nonverbal communications of body of pheromones of feeling of security presence you know how babies cry they don't see mom Ah! like she's right around the corner but i gotta (laughs) see her you know and yeah it's really taxing and yeah it's tough in the beginning you sleepless nights with the babies right all of this Mm -hmm. stuff that happens but that's part of bonding you too and that's why marriage gets you holy That's why being a parent gets you holy because it just forces you to make all these sacrifices. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, sometimes we're not making these sacrifices today. Not because we don't want to or we're selfish. We're just being told, like, no, you should go back to work as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Get back out there. And, you know, it's okay if you only see your kid three hours a day when you're exhausted, when you come home or whatever. And again, I'm not putting down people who have to work, people who have no choices. One of my best friends, she, um, her husband lost his job her husband to be right before they got married mm. and he didn't get another job for two years. He was an insurance guy and he had a great job, but they, so they were living off of her salary, which is much less and living in a dangerous neighborhood. Mm. She got pregnant right away in the marriage. And I mean, this was tough stuff for them. Yeah. They, they went from middle class to lower class or lower middle class mm-hmm. and they were struggling and she had to put that. He was going out on job interviews every day that was his full-time occupation. And she yeah. had to put her first baby in daycare, infant daycare. Wow. And she sobbed all the way to work. She did not want to do that. And she felt that separate. When you're a mom, you can plan calm and coolly now, all this stuff. When you're a mom, but when it comes to women, it's like, oh, we can turn off those maternal instincts. No, you can't. And they kick in, and you want to be with that that infant. There's nothing more you want in the world. Mm-hmm. Even though you get frustrated and Maybe you got some postpartum depression going on. I mean, there's there's a lot to it, right? It's yeah. it's a big de- having a kid is a big deal, even if you only have one. That baby is a huge part of your life now, and like, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just do it because of societal pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're supposed to do as a mm-hmm. feminist. You know, you're not supposed to be a stay at home mom. That's like mm-hmm. the big, the one big taboo. But how about what you want? How about that? How about what you really want? Or not planning out your future life so hard that you suddenly realize as you're living your future, it's like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. My desires have changed. So th- that gal who planned that now, she's thinking about how would I be able to manage being a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and still having an income and all of that. So I love to help young women with this dilemma because it's real. It's a very real dilemma. And even though we have a great standard of living in north america as the you know housing market goes up as rent goes up as everything goes up it might look great from the outside but you can be really like poor you Mm -hmm. know in the society and really struggling to make ends meet but love and life is not about money so i tell young people who wait and wait and wait and wait to get married because they want to be financially stable i'm like don't do that get married as soon as you possibly can if you know this is the one And you're in love and build your lives together. Otherwise, you put money as your priority. Mm -hmm. When are you ever gonna have enough money to get married? When's enough? When is it ever enough? And and are you gonna suddenly change your priorities now? Okay, money is not that important to us. Love is first. And then this is the clincher. I say, if love and marriage was all about, and starting a family was all about money, Poor people would never, ever, ever get married and start their families. Mm. They just wouldn't because they know they're mm. going to be poor. Maybe they're in a cycle of poverty or yeah. they just don't have the education. They don't have the opportunities. But they're very clever and resourceful, right? They, they find ways to, to get what they need and, and get discounts and scrimp and save and start their families. Because that's what life is about. It's about love and people and relationships. And God. And God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and God will help you out. So, yeah, let God in, and he'll help you with your priorities and Mm -hmm. help you to love yourself and love others and know your vocation and all of that good stuff. But I especially like to speak to women because I don't know what it's like to be a man. They need Mm -hmm. guys talking to them and helping them out. But to be a woman, like, I love being a woman. And there's there's certain frou-frou things I don't like. And I'm a nun, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I get so mad when women, like, don't love themselves. I'm like, if I was out there, man, I would just be like all dolled up and like totally like Rupert, just enjoying it. You know, not that not that I'm insecure, mm-hmm. but like, why not look cute if you can, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay to be into all that, that stuff, you know, that's but, right. and if you're not, that's fine too. You don't mm-hmm. like makeup. You don't like jewelry, whatever. But we have to learn to, to relate to each other as persons and not things, not, con- I was listening to a dating thing on, I think it's 680. Mm-hmm. That's our big radio station here, Toronto. And it was so sad, like these women who, you know, aren't that young anymore and Mm -hmm. they're not finding love Mm -hmm. because they're just doing dating apps and, and the guys aren't interested in relationships, the women usually are, and the men are postponing now because they can. And, um, and, and they don't even know the basics of a relationship. They're saying things like, um, well, if he doesn't answer your texts for a week, maybe, maybe he's not that into you. And it's like, we know now that guys have four and five ladies on the side. That is huge. I'm finding that out. Like you think you're the only one and you're not because, mm-hmm. and the reason he keeps you at a distance and you're hoping the relationship is going to go deeper is because he's not interested in relationship at all. Mm-hmm. So we've lost these like basic understandings of basic human decency and etiquette and working together, etc. So look for a guy that's like Jesus that treats you like Jesus. And again, I think we're seeing that coming back as young men and young women are realizing that the romance and the beauty is all wrapped up in God and in Mm -hmm. our faith, Mm -hmm. the living of our faith, because that's when we see who we really are, that there's so much to every human being and that the beauty of restraint, right? Mm -hmm. Courtship. You don't just dive in and get all physical right away, you know, and stuff. And that's what we do as celibates, right? So we are married to Jesus and even priests, they're celibate, right? Mm -hmm. So that all of their time and attention can be to helping families, Mm -hmm. helping couples, helping children. Because you're the future. My genes have no future, (laughs) right? So I, I always... Laugh because I say, you know, as much as Jesus loved me to want me to be his wife and to call me to be totally his, he didn't want any mini me's. (laughs) (laughs) But if he's calling you to, to family life, he wants more of you. He wants little oh. yous running around, right? So it's a compliment. Don't think if you're not called to be a sister, it's not a compliment from from Jesus. <laughs> Everything we do is to turn around and help the family, strengthen families, strengthen mm. marriages, help teach your kids. There's so much to do to raise a kid. That's why it was so beautiful when the sisters were in the schools, right? Mm. They were like totally committed to the faith, obviously. And they mm. were teaching the good goods and forming and teaching self-discipline and virtue and prayer and all that good stuff. So we love to help you, you single gals out there. But if you're interested in religious life, we have the Daughters of St. Paul have retreats, vocation retreats, weekend retreats all over North America at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. Our two strong times are Holy Week at the Mother House in Boston, which is for English speaking Canada as well. And then we have live in experiences for high school age women, which is a week also at the Mother House in Boston. But here in Toronto, which is our one location for English-speaking Canada, but we travel all over Canada mm-hmm. from here. We also have retreats, so you can get in touch with me if you like. My email is simply sr, for sister, Helena, H-E-L-E-N-A, Burns, at gmail.com. No dots or underscores. To know that God has a plan for us, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Mm-hmm. And I know even just trying to find out what that plan is can yeah. be stressful. Mm-hmm right, Rachel? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But but it's not going to be like just confusion forever. We're meant to wrangle with it. We're meant to wrangle with our vocation so that we come out the other end knowing for sure where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do. There's a beauty in that because we can close a bunch of windows and walk through one door Mm. and then our whole life opens up in a way that i can know right away some choices are already made for me i don't have to just be open ended for the rest of my life drifting trying this trying that no i focus and i start building mm-hmm. so you want to build like like i said like your marriage relationship <laughs> like don't you don't have to backpack through europe and get your you know portfolio and all your degrees like do that together backpack with your beloved through europe yeah build your lives together and so you've had mutual experiences together, too, you yeah. know, which is what you do in religious life. You have your your history with Jesus of how, how much he loves you and how he's working through you to help others. Yeah. Religious life is pretty simple. It's like, love God, love others. Mm-hmm. Like, to the extreme. It's right. like, in extremis, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and we shouldn't, this unworthy thing is like crazy. Like, I am not worthy to be a priest or sister. So... John Wayne, if you know who he is, mm-hmm. his grandson is a priest because he mm-hmm. married, I think, four different Catholic women. Uh-huh. They were all Mexican. <laughs> like, it's Hollywood, right? So, yeah. <laughs> And they were all Catholic. And he, he wasn't Catholic, but he really admired the Catholic faith. Mm. He converted on his deathbed. He planned oh it that way.
0: Wow.
1: He didn't feel worthy, right? To, like, <laughs> and he thought, like, with his checkered past or whatever, he shouldn't. His grandchildren, are, like, are all Catholic, right? Mm. And his grandson, who's a priest, he was deep in a relationship, thought he was going to get married. But he was really thinking about priesthood, too, at the same time. But he told his friend, I don't feel worthy to be a priest. And his friend said, oh, but you feel worthy to be married. That's a sacrament, too. So we, like, throw marriage under the bus. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> the default position or something. No, it's not. It's a vocation. He said, but you don't feel worthy. And, and that, that did it for him. Mm-hmm. He, he broke the tension because he said, oh, well, if God's calling me to this. He doesn't call the worthy. It's not about worthiness. It's it's a mystery why he chooses some for marriage, chooses others. We'll know in eternity why. Mm -hmm. It's not because we're great or special or anything. It's just his choice. Why did he choose the Jews to be his chosen people? We don't know. He had a bunch of different tribes and ethnicities to choose from in the ancient world, and he chose the Jews. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. Mm -hmm. We'll know in eternity. But that's his choice. And we all respect that, right? We know the Jews are the chosen people. And it doesn't mean that he loves us less, but... We need to keep our eyes on them, right? Like right. And, and we're the continuum. We're coming out of them. And now the whole world is invited to to be his chosen people in the church and through baptism. Yeah. So don't get stuck in a rut on these things mm-hmm. in your discernment. I'm unworthy. Or like yeah. look at the saints. Look at the lives of the saints. Mm-hmm. Some of them were so unlikely, right? Or yeah. or had a big U-turn, did a bit. that's what conversion is, you know, you mm-hmm. turn around. Actually, John Wayne's grandson also said, we don't have a crisis in vocations today. We have a crisis in knowing how to foster vocations Mm -hmm. to help young people find where they belong. Just by sharing things like that. Like, it's not about worthiness. You can put that to rest. It's Mm -hmm. not about this. You can put that to rest. Don't get stuck on these lies basically i fall into that trap a lot and i think
0: it's funny that you were saying john wayne's grandson his friend was like oh you know the default like you know you feel worthy for marriage and whatnot but you don't feel worthy for the priesthood i I think i felt the same way when it came to becoming a religious sister and just being like oh like i'm not holy enough or like i just don't feel well equipped and then that's when my friend was like well god doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and i was like oh shoot (laughs) <laughs> I, I still don't know though. And of course, like that's the whole part of discernment and going through and, you know, spending the weekend with you sisters as well as the other young woman here.
1: It's like steps along those journey, like right. you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear some of the church's wisdom. It's not just our, what we're saying, but it's like somebody told us that back mm-hmm. in the day, you mm-hmm. know, um, mother Paula, she was our founders in North America. She would say she'd see somebody crying, and crying because they were homesick. And she'd say, good, you are watering the flowers of your vocation. <laughs> and she'd say, today you're crying for your family. Tomorrow you'll cry for your new family. You'll feel so much apart here that when you get transferred or something, you're going to cry because you're going to miss this family too. Mm-hmm. You know, These are truisms. They're true. Like These things that the church has figured out over 2,000 years mm-hmm. that they can just clear some stuff up for us and pass it on to us. Yeah. I always say like sisters are an endangered species, but we're making a comeback. That's right. And it's all you beautiful young people. (laughs) And the thing is, I think the millennials and Gen Z now, you have a lot of pressure on you. Like Mm -hmm. my generation, like we weren't as pressured unless you had a pressuring family or something. But you have to plan out every last detail of your life and you have to be good at so many different things. And, you know, and it's like, no, you don't. There is some truth to the follow your heart although that's very nebulous and open-ended mm-hmm. because follow the desires God has already put in your heart. Don't mm-hmm. doubt that. I was doing a confirmation retreat in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and we what were talking, name, Kalamazoo. <laughs> yeah, Kalamazoo. And this young guy came up to me because we were talking about going to God through our desires. Sometimes we think like God doesn't want what I want. Poor God, right? And we think, oh, if I really, really want something really badly, he's going to sort of like discipline me and cut me back on that or whatever. And I said, no, like, especially about our vocation, God has put these desires in our hearts from sometimes very young or sometimes not so young, but Mm -hmm. he wanted us to live our lives the way we were living them up until a certain point. Mm -hmm. And then he he reveals himself and makes himself known. Some people he calls them at 45 or 60 or whatever. That doesn't mean you make a decision at that. He called you at 20 and you make a decision 25 years later. (laughs) So this young guy came up to me. He's 17 years old. He said, thank you sister for saying that because all my life I've wanted to be married. It's the only thing I've ever wanted. I mm-hmm. just want to, you know, have, get married someday and have a family at 17. Pretty, pretty good. And he said, but I thought, oh, God must want me to be a priest. If I want to be married, God must want the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, now I can let that go. Cause I've never wanted to be a priest. Like it's just not on my <laughs> radar at all. Yeah. Like, and I find some young ladies today too. They feel like they're offending God if they're not discerning religious life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Actually, no. If you have no inkling, you're in prayer and God has never brought that up in prayer. Mm. You've never felt a spark when you Mm. see a sister or you don't actually have to discern religious life. If Mm. that's, if that's never been on your radar, I think it's good to know about religious life. It it wouldn't hurt to come on a retreat. But what I've had to tell some young ladies is like, actually us vocation directors don't even have the time. If you're like yeah. so, like far out in some other galaxy, on this, we have ladies much closer to the sun, <laughs> the literal <laughs> but sun, the literal. But like we yeah. we barely have time for them. So yeah. like, not to like put you off or like, mm-hmm. like let you go, Fair but enough. but you don't have to do this, and that's that's a, like a release for them too. Like, oh thank God, I really <laughs> don't, I don't want to spend that time either. But yeah. I just or I thought something's wrong with me if I'm not discerning religious life. No. Mm -hmm. but if God has put an inkling in you, then you should, you should check it out, but it shouldn't just be like a bucket list thing. Like, Oh, I wanted to have this experience like, okay, but maybe you're taking a bed away from someone else. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's terrible. terrible. But I do, I do find that or they're a little like scrupulous. It's like, you know what? This is not a higher life. Mm -hmm. This is not like the best possible thing you could do with your life is be a priest or sister. No, Mm -hmm. the best possible thing is your vocation. You need to find out what it is. Again, I think it's a great thing to just even gather information to know what what is the life of a sister about. But you don't have to. But you do have to if God has put it in you. Don't procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Don't put it off. Don't be scared. Just do it. You'll get that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling off (laughs) of you. Like, you know you need to. (laughs) Get it over with. You'll never be sorry for having discerned Mm -hmm. a vocation that you thought you might have. Even if it's just a small inkling there. Mm -hmm. But if there's nothing there, don't worry, don't worry. Don't try to put it there. Don't force it, you know, (laughs) because everybody feels called to marriage pretty much across the board. It's the natural thing. God puts that in us to, to, first of all, we are attracted usually to the other sex, right? Mm -hmm. That's just in us. Like we have crushes and we feel that passion and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we, we want kids. We want to have children of our own. That shouldn't confuse us. But if we also feel an attraction to the priesthood, or maybe we don't feel an attraction to the priesthood or religious life, but God is putting it in us because it's okay to resist. We have resistance in us, right? Mm. Then we should check it out because very few people have that actually have mm. that pull to marriage, have also this thought that won't go away right. of priesthood or sisterhood. So we should check it out. We should um, do something about that. And the sooner the better, really. So you don't, it's not this nagging mm-hmm. thing. And, Again, if it keeps coming back, you try to shut it up. Like I tried so many times to shut it up. It won't mm-hmm. until you deal with it. And of course, in my case, it was the real deal. Like it was, I did have a vocation. So, right. but the fear stuff, like don't be afraid. It's mm-hmm. uh God is not the God of confusion, but the God of peace. Mm-hmm. But he might let it be foggy at first. We have to trust in him. He kind of like kicks yeah. out the kickstands and he gets rid of all our little Things that we run to that mm-hmm. to feel secure. So mm-hmm. you do feel a little bit like in a free fall. Oh, like I'm like, what's happening? I don't yeah. feel like me anymore because all the things he's just reconfiguring our lives to trust in him more, to move us to the next phase of our life. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a religious vocation, we've been through this now and we're changed. Every experience we have changes us. We are moving a little mm. closer or as Ann Wilson from the duo, the rock duo heart The best women's rock band ever said, we're like river stones. I love this image. We're like river stones that the river is constantly moving downstream or upstream, Mm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. so, and then we settle a little bit and then we move on. That's God. God is the river. He's moving us on in our lives. So even if we feel like I'm not making, making progress, I'm not, I'm always stuck in a rut. Well, it's good to get unstuck because sometimes we get in cycles of thinking or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, or like those things I mentioned in our, vocational discernment, where we have, we just have a false idea about something imperceptibly. We talked about this on the retreat, like God is working. God is working on that retreat. Like that, it was just a weekend, but yeah. the fact that you all came from far and near to be present to God and just give him your exclusive time and attention mm-hmm. and love. He did something. You are not the same. That was a powerful experience, a powerful moment. Even if you don't know exactly what he did That's in right. you yet, mm-hmm. you are not the same. And I don't mean like we're just in flux and we're continually... (laughs) You're becoming more you. Rachel Mm -hmm. is becoming more Rachel. Because the closer we get to God, as Sister Emily said, the more we become ourselves, our truest selves Mm -hmm. and deeper ourselves. But at the same time, being transformed into the image of God, from glory to glory, likeness to likeness, God does not obliterate us. He loves his creation. He created individual autonomies. And we will always be... Individual autonomy, just like in a marriage, you don't become the other spouse. Okay. You don't, or you don't become some new mushy ball of something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You retain your individuality, but you you get closer and closer, and you love each other, and you mm. become more united. Mm-hmm. You become one, you know, one flesh and one mind, one heart. But you're still individuals. Right. See, it's God's idea that we be unique, creative, individual, unrepeatable. He loves that. He he loves the diversity. And the big lie is that God wants to squelch our personalities. God wants us to be cookie cutter. God wants to smash me and (laughs) make me less myself. And when we hear empty oneself, kenosis, Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: Jesus emptied himself, as the Bible says, it doesn't mean his personality or his personhood. He was giving himself out for us, laying down his life for us, but also opening himself to the Trinity is this constant exchange of love. But Mm -hmm. if we have no space in ourselves to receive love from others, then we can't receive. So self-emptying doesn't mean getting rid of my personality, right? What did Jesus say? If you if you lose yourself, you'll find yourself. Again, paradox. Hmm. What, is, what do you mean lose myself? Well, get rid of my bad habits, get rid of my sins, turn myself over to the Lord, because mm-hmm. I don't know what he's going to do. Like, And people are terrified. What's he going to do to me? It's all good. Whatever he's going to do, It's stuff that you probably want to do for yourself, but you're not capable of it. Mm -hmm. He wants to get rid of the junk that you want to get rid of. And you, you can't seem to do it on your own steam. He wants to fulfill your dreams and desires, maybe in a slightly different way than you have envisioned. He wants to give you joy and sometimes it's painful. Yeah. It's like like having an operation, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got to get in there and get the cancer out. But in the end, it's like, you can trust him. Jesus, I trust in you. Divine mercy. So brilliant, right? Mm -hmm just simple and plain. You don't have to do a big computations in your head of understanding everything and figuring everything out. It's like, just Jesus, I trust in you. Work in my life. So one time in my religious life, because we're continuing to grow, right? Nuns mm-hmm. aren't perfect. I realized I had taken a lot back. This is after my final vows, but I was little by little I was taking stuff back from the Lord. Like, okay, I want that <laughs> back. And I want this back. And I was like, Getting my life all nested, you know, nesting and like, you can't ask me this, Lord, and you can't ask me that, but you can do this, but you can't do that in my life. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I really needed to turn it all back over to him again, Mm -hmm. just between me and him, right? So I went out into this (laughs) cornfield in in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, it was at the Theology of the Body Institute. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, it was a very powerful Week we had there with Doctor Michael Waldstein, mm-hmm. and he's so merry, and he was talking about Mary a lot, and mm-hmm. I just kept thinking of her fiat, her unconditional yep. fiat. And so I went to this Cornfield, and I just like really turned it all back over to him, and I'm like, Lord, you can do whatever you want in my life. Now that's scary, right? Mm-hmm. Not just I give you my life, but you can do whatever you want in my life, and I was terrified. I was like shaking. Okay, here I'm a nun, right? But But I'm human too, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to get cancer right there in the cornfield. (laughs) I was like, poor God, right? We think he wants to wish us disaster or like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or if we're so open, he's going to make us a suffering victim soul and we're going to get cancer or whatever. (laughs) So I remember like shaking and crying and sobbing Mm -hmm. all by myself (laughs) in this cornfield. The scripture came to me that I don't think of very often. It's like not one of my favorite scriptures, but it came to me, all glory be to him, who can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Mm. St. Paul, I forget what. (laughs) I'm Catholic. (laughs) I don't know the books. (laughs) And it was so loud and clear, just boom, Mm. Holy Spirit, right? He will recall my words to you, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is what I preach to other people all the time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry because he's already put those desires that you so desperately want Mm -hmm. in your heart and he's going to find a way to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. And again, even if they're, it doesn't fulfill in this life or it's not fully fulfilled or it transforms a bit, in the life to come is the ultimate fulfillment. We're never going to have complete fulfillment of anything on this earth. And I could trust that. It was like, okay, I always think my dreams are bigger than God's. Mm-hmm. Not, not just that I have a better plan, <laughs> but that he's thinking too small. Like, I have big <laughs> ideas and big plans. <laughs> and, like, and he's like, silly (laughs) you know like who can do infinitely he's infinite Mm -hmm. infinitely more than we can ask or imagine but we have to let go Mm -hmm. like letting go is so hard his plans are unknown but he's not unknown that's right you know and i know it's a cliche in that i don't know what the future holds but i know Mm -hmm. who holds the future but i think the way our society is and sometimes the way we're raised makes us so tense Mm -hmm. and makes us so fearful even though we might be living a life that looks like a life of risk and trying new things and stuff but maybe inside we're just all bottled up even Mm. though externally we're going through all these experiences Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like i mentioned some young ladies just go to retreat after retreat after retreat vocation Mm -hmm. retreat but they're not processing that they're not stopping and saying okay lord how has this changed me lord like where where am i now on my vocational discernment Mm -hmm. where are we in our relationship lord yeah you know Because you don't want to just leave it all nebulous and never check in, like never verify. That's why the daily examination of conscience helps with that. Journaling, the hour of adoration, where we're re-examining all of that. Not that we know exactly where we're at in the sense of like sanctity. Mm -hmm. The Lord will never let us know where we are because we'll just get proud. I am at the eighth degree of mystical prayer (laughs) and you're not. Like, no. And, And sometimes we'll feel like we're backsliding. Those are just feelings. Mm-hmm. The Bible says God is greater than our hearts. That's not the point. The point mm-hmm. isn't achievement and knowing wh- what level we're at or anything like that. It's just about love, like mm-hmm. loving God as much as we can. And
0: I think that's very affirming for me too, just as I continue on my own discernment, like yeah. whatever it is that God calls me to. And I'm sure for anyone, like man or woman who listens yeah. to this, they'll be able to really grow from that. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And I think just to, to tie it all together, I'm I'm curious to know, just in your own life, being a TOB fan, obviously, like, you're a huge fan of Pope John Paul II. And we were talking a lot about feminine genius. And as clothes, close, I'd love to hear from your perspective how you've seen yourself grow in your own feminine
1: genius. Wow. I just, like, revel in it now. Like, I mm. love being a woman. And, and all the other stuff. Everything that comes with that... Mm -hmm. which can be a burden and privilege at the same time. Like take up your cross, right? Mm -hmm. So men have their crosses. They have big crosses too. And the thing is also, they're not going to share them with women because they're supposed to be strong for us. That's one of the reasons why men won't be all touchy feely. Let's talk about our feelings. They hate that, right? (laughs) It's even harder for them to do it with each other. So I would say receptivity. So Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things of the, the feminine genius body and soul is receptivity. Again, Mm -hmm. which sounds like weakness. It's not. Mm -hmm. Because receptivity will continue in eternity. Mm -hmm. Do we have to be receptive to God and others in eternity? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Or rather, we get to be. (laughs) Is the Trinity receptive to each other? Is God receptive? Yes. So receptivity is not a weakness. It's a strength. And without it, there's no communication. There's no giving of gifts. Mm -hmm. How can you give a gift if nobody's there to receive it? Mm -hmm. Because we're all givers. But, of course, giving and receiving are in tandem. Mm -hmm. We don't say give and take in a relationship Mm -hmm. because nobody takes. Taking is grabbing. There's giving and receiving, right? Mm -hmm. So women's bodies and souls are meant to be naturally receptive. They are naturally receptive. Our cycles go by the moon, okay? Mm -hmm. In a sense, we're even more tied to Mother Earth in a lot of ways than guys are. And it's okay to say Mother Earth. It's in the book of Sirach. We will return to the Earth, who is our mother... We don't mean it like we worship Mother Earth. She's yeah. not, it's not a person. Yeah. It's not like alive <laughs> and conscious. The yeah. Earth is not alive. We have to say these things these days. Um, it's perfectly okay to say Mother Earth because yes. she's receptive to to whom? God,
0: mm-hmm. who
1: brings forth the food and the animals and the people and everything else good on the Earth. Mother Nature, again, mm-hmm. that's a personification, but it's real. Nature is feminine in principle. Humanity is feminine in principle because we all receive from God. Mm. So I think it would be that receptivity to not see that as weakness. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, in the male-female relationship, the man initiates the gift of life and love. Mm -hmm. He's the proactive one, physically and spiritually. And the woman is the one who receives. But this is not passive. This is not passivity. The man gives in a receiving way. The woman receives in a giving way. And it's an exchange of love. She just doesn't go, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> she re- she loves back she returns the gift in love mm-hmm. when women are receptive to god god becomes incarnate whether that's as a spiritual mother or a physical mother when women are receptive god can become incarnate again right so we're like little we are little marys because our children
0: mm-hmm.
1: become other Christs. right we baptize our children wow. we incorporate them into christ so when women say yes to God, God becomes incarnate in an imminent way. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thank Sister you for,
1: for letting me be a part of this. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I feel like there's so many things I should yeah. have dwelt on or said, oh, but maybe okay. yeah, we can do it again. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Thank yes. you. God bless.
0: Thank you again to Sister Helena Burns for sharing her story and expertise for this episode as well as the previous one. And in case you're wondering, the raw audio of this conversation was over two hours. So I'm so thankful again to Sister Helena and all of the daughters of St. Paul in Toronto for their time and their hospitality. As mentioned last week, if you want to learn more about sister Helena Burns, you can follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out her blog, hellburns.com. And if you're interested about learning more about the Daughters of St. Paul, you can check out their website, pauline.org. They host retreats in the United States as well as in their Toronto mission a couple times a year, so do keep an eye out for those. They are really beautiful. As someone who went, I can say that it was amazing. So I highly encourage you to go, especially if you're like me and you're a media nerd, you love social media and books and podcasts and all that cool stuff. So all of this information will be in the show notes for this week. And of course, thank you so, so much for listening to the Feminine Genius Podcast. You can listen to and download the show wherever you find your podcasts. And finally, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Genius Pod. We'll talk to you next time and God bless always.